Hello, Tile friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host, and my mission with this podcast is to strengthen the tile industry. We're doing this every every week with our business discussions uh, with contractors, and the education is designed for fellow contractors by contractors. This platform is assisting contractors around the world to build sustainable, profitable businesses. The result is a stronger industry from the installer up. Today, we've got another great discussion for you. I've got my, my friend Robert Davis back. Uh, this is his third time on the episode, and I'm, I'm very excited to have him back and catch up with him. It's been a while, and we've got some great topics to discuss. We're going to talk about um, the, the Tile Brotherhood, the, the communities online, and how that uh, it can be very useful at times for a, for a Tile contractor. We're going to talk about... Uh, Hiring some some bad players and, and kind of the 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 um, the outcome of not not watching your accountant, not watching people who are working for you, and, and what happens there. And we're also going to talk about modular homes. Uh, Robert, someone who does tile in a modular home for a modular home company called Elevate Modular Developments, out of his uh, bent are out of his Oregon area there. Um, and so we've got a lot to talk about it. Before we bring him on, though, I would like to thank the sponsors of the show. These are the sponsors keeping Tile Money going, and they want to—they believe in our mission, and they want to help you contractors grow out there. The National Tile Contractors Association is the oldest and the only association for tile contractors, uh, the largest association, I should say. Um, they can answer any question you have, whether you're looking for solutions in the field or you want an introduction to a specific uh, person who is in a specific field of tile, whatever that case might be, the NTCA is where you will find and meet some of the most professional, profitable tile contractors in North America. Ladycree International is one of the leading innovators in tile installation materials. They are literally credited with inventing Thinset and winning the World Trade Center contract for providing that lightweight solution to build the world's tallest buildings at the time. They're a family-run, privately-held company with family values that you can feel, whether you're talking to the reps or all the way up to the owners in the business, owners of the business still working in the business. GoBoard. GoBoard is an innovative tile backerboard manufactured by Johns Manville. Discover the possibilities with the easy-to-cut and handle waterproof product. It's very lightweight. It's super durable. Um, you can get and achieve ANSI A118.1 compliant installations with their GoBoard Pro Sealant. Uh, go to jm.com slash GoBoard to learn more. And happytileguy.com is where tile contractors are getting professional tile contractors' websites built, search engine optimized for lead generations. That is your online hub for your business. All right, let's bring Robert up. Hey, Robert. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks so much for being on the show again. Oh, my pleasure. Right on. So real quick, for folks who maybe don't know who you are, even though I find that hard to believe, uh, where are you at in the world and, and what, what does your business look like today? Kind of a 30,000 foot overview and then we'll dig into it because uh, if you haven't heard Robert's uh, older episodes in the last couple of years, you can go back and listen to it. We dive into his business. We're going to dive into the developments today, but what is your, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Davis. I'm, I'm the owner of Davis Solutions, which is an unfortunate company name. It seemed witty at the time. And then I realized that no one in the world can hear the space between the S's on the phone. So I have to do this Davis Solutions emphatically. And it is weird, but it's been this way for a decade and I can't change it now. So anyhow, we are a high-end residential tile crew. Um, we've got guys at every skill level, we've got journeymen that can 
plan, run, direct, lead. We've got young guys that are awesome at grouting and running cuts and, uh, and in between. Um, and we make uh, a good bit of use of contract labor that is qualified, that are folks we know, obviously, largely from social media uh, that we bring in for projects that are outside the scope because of limited time constraints. Yeah. That makes right now it's me and Ben Bowling, who is a craftsman, wonderful craftsman, great guy, a wonderful human being. Um, and, uh, Seth Hansen is up here from Flagstaff, Arizona. He moved here with his girl. So, uh, and is turning into a really competent tile setter. Actually, I'm, I'm turning things over to him. I'm like, I got to have an office day, finish trimming out the shower, the window and the niche and all that. And I can ride off into the sunset, do what I need to do and find, come back and have a predictable result of excellence. And so he's just coming into his maturity as a tile setter. He's, he's very humble, great student and a hard worker. And he brought one of his buddies from down there, uh, Avery up here. So there's four of us setting tile. And it's nice. good times. Nice. Yeah. That sounds awesome, man. I'm so stoked that you're, you've got that good crew and, like you said, you you have people always willing to come to to your part of the world, Lebanon, right over there. Um, it is paradise. Yeah, a lot of the year. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know a lot of people, you know, friends of ours who who really enjoyed coming out there and working with you um, on your projects when you need the help. And that's that's something we'll get into. You're already dropping uh, really good, solid tips of gold. Uh, think about your business name for a good long stretch before you put it, put it legal, uh, maybe have a few phone calls and stuff and, uh, see how, see how it sounds, you know, coming out of the phone, um, to, to different people and stuff. So it's, it's one of those things. I know I, uh, I got about a year and a half into my business and wanted to change the name and everybody's like, no, no, no. But the longer you wait, it's like, you're not going to change it. Right. Yeah. Just don't change the phone number. <laughs> and you'll probably be fine. Right. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah. You I can must rebrand. say that pe- people call me and I bid jobs and they see my letterhead. And at the end of the job, they say, who do I make the, the, the checkout to? Robert Davis. I'm like, no, to Davis Solutions. And they're like, really? That's the name of your business? And like, we've had all this interaction through email and everything. They just know, call Robert Davis if you want excellent tile done. And yeah. There you go. There you go. I could probably change it without changing the phone number. And nobody would even notice but me. So maybe I'm just holding on to it out of pride. Or <laughs> what would know, you change? Do you have any? Did you, do you have any ideas? <laughs> no, not really. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's part of the problem. I think once you yeah. get once you get an once you once it strikes you, you're going to be like, we're we're changing it next week. Yeah, well, and it's kind of a uh, a moving target, anyways, to try and define what it is that we do. Obviously, we're going to be coming out to Omaha in June, and I'm bringing the whole crew, and we're going to. Uh, do the thin panel, the five day class mm-hmm. and got some jobs already scheduled for it. As a matter of fact, right after that. So we'll get some reps in real time right after the hands-on training, mm-hmm. kind of a trial by fire, but we've talked about it. Do we want to do this? Does every, is everybody on board kind of a long-term ish commitment? Of, and uh, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to so, be fun. That's awesome. All four of you come out. I'm trying to get the ramrod from Elevate Modular, Curtis Don, who is not really a tile setter anymore, but he's one of the most competent people to ever pick up a hammer or a trowel. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic tile setter when he was just that there was a time when he was the guy in house setting all the tile at mm-hmm. that facility and they just realized that the scope had grown to where he couldn't he would just never stop doing tile and he needs to be doing other things as a leader. Because now he is the um 
he is the production manager of that facility and he ain't got time to set tile. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. think he might want to join you out there though? Yes, because he's a, a, a skilled guy. He, he picks up anything. He's been in the trade so long that you, you know, you, you hardly have to teach him anything. And so if he went to that class with us, it would just be like, you know, a duck in water and he'll be instantly a very valuable member of a team that we want to go travel around and do um, short scope, thin panel jobs and make really good money. And he's got seven kids. So yeah, I'm hoping I can appeal to one of his natures, you know, craftsmanship or just the baser, you know, business filthy mammon, but well, Something. I'll tell you what, I think thin panel, you know, gauge panels are a perfect fit for modular building. Um, you have the space, you have the warehouse. Uh, the whole point of modular building is, you know, is uh, efficiency, right? And and your very modern upscale um, units that you're, you know, tiling, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it would shave time off. I think you could... Uh, make more per hour um they could probably spend well, less we've you know so there's a few business models that that uh that modularity really lends itself to you've got the tiny home thing mm. um we're building a little box car home uh you've got the obviously look at me i'm modular with like the neo you know two railroad cars and one's hanging out over a cliff kind of looks obviously modular mm. but then there's also a a, a growing uh, trend in it that just folks in high demand areas. And I mean, I live in a high demand area anyways, Corvallis, Albany here, you know, if you find a tradesman that's not busy, he's probably a crackhead. No, sorry, dude, nothing personal, but you know, you got something wrong with you. You're not working here, yeah. but in San Francisco, it's way worse. People are waiting years to get craftsmen to do things. Mm-hmm. So by using elevate, they can circumnavigate that they can just, it's an end run around it. And they're not super, you know, not as budget conscious as we might be here, you know, because um, what they would be paying to have it done down there is so much more than even us as a really expensive install crew here locally. Um, so, and then, you know, the, obviously the efficiency, the wonderful thing about it is that while we're building, uh, they're going into framing, building floor plans and rolling the thing around and putting the house together one floor at a time while that's happening. Then the, the, uh, concrete is getting put in all of the infrastructure, utilities, driveway, all that stuff is happening in real time down there. So now you're one year, you know, you're 50, 40 to 50 week home build for a custom, a 5,000 square foot custom home Mm -hmm. can happen in 20 weeks Wow! because all these things are happening simultaneously. So when LA started, I think that they kind of had the goal of of getting the business of three real specific guys, and they're finding out that that's not necessarily what they want. They're trying they're trying to find their niche where they'll be the most profitable and and everybody will be the happiest, you know, just like everybody else. So I forgot what the question was. So no no worries, I'm I'm on it. So this is Elevate Modular Development, and that that you're you're almost. So how, how old is the business? It almost feels like you're kind of growing your business alongside them, you know, while they're... Well, when I first started doing tile with Jeremy Von Ruden, he's a Latticrete rep now, um, back then Curtis was 
the tile setter for this facility, and it was out where they've torn it down now, but there's a truck stop there now. Um, and that was Fidelity Builders back then. And uh, they grew, you know, but I think they, they were they were really stalking a couple of specific architects that, that put together modular homes and are known for doing that in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, they knew that the money was there and they're, you know, just whittling and refining their, their game plan to, to get some of that market share. Mm -hmm. And they've succeeded. Like they've got the, you know, some of some really good dependable GCs that send plans regularly. They're building homes for the same builder down there Mm -hmm. and not, it's just a, it's a really good relationship. So they've got kind of their fact, their little, you know, million dollar mansion factory online and it's clicking right along. They're growing They're pouring more concrete we really want them to extend the building but anyways i'm just the tile guy there I don't. But, but nonetheless expansion is happening quick um i listened to yeah. some I, I used to listen to a podcast that is just dedicated to the modular building space and oh. um, it's pretty interesting the, the kind of topics they come up with uh shoot i wish i could remember the name of it now <laughs> um, i was gonna ask you what the name of it was i'll put it i'll put it in the um i'll put it in the show notes here but the, the point is, I mean, all this, you know, it's it's an interesting topic because I would I would, uh, you know, put it out to anybody who's kind of wanting a, a, a niche. You know, everybody kind of seems to to have a certain niche uh, at, in, in the industry. And and one of the niches, you know, um, like my friend and, and business partner, Craig, you know, this week he mentioned, you know, he's got a very successful relationship with uh, the, the Furniture Mart of Nebraska. And he's a subcontractor and they have a beautiful, you know, mutually beneficial relationship. And it's similar to you with um, like people go in there to buy furniture and he refers gets referred as a tile guy. Uh, no. So the furniture mart is more like um, what would they be like? Uh, they sell tile. So they sell everything. Oh, okay. They sell everything okay. for a house. They're they're like the eighth largest retailer in the U.S., but they only have four stores. So these stores. Wow. Yeah, these stores. And uh, he That's told me crazy. they have a he said they have a. Oh man, I don't want to misquote it, but I think he said they have a 4,000 square foot home inside, like inside a warehouse just for them to test products on. So that's, that's the kind of size we're talking about here. (laughs) Like, it's just like the mega mall of, um, like stuff mart from veggie tales. Yeah. And everything's, everything's high end. Like everything's like the best of everything, you know? So, but yeah, there's all that. I love learning about these little niches, you know? We tried to sell them, you know, some thin panel and, um, Oh yeah. What they, what they wanted, what they ended up. So we've gone super lightweight. Like first we, we've been using rod cap foam and, and a hydroband board, which is a little difficult to source right now. Broadcat's still clicking away, but hydroband board is hard to get your hands on. Wow. We're using Cornell Sason's, uh, revolutionary shower systems board. He makes it in Idaho and it comes in four by six sheets, which is pretty darn cool. Mm. Um, but anyways, their, their goal is to make things as lightweight as possible, um, and as flexible as possible. And I think thin panel would lend itself perfectly to that. And, and, you know, they, they get on us about not wanting, you know, you have to plan things perfectly to be on this tight of a schedule and install a foam pan. Hmm. If you screw up at all, the fallback is I can make anything out of mud. Right. Right. But then they're like, we don't want you to make it out of mud because it, it weighs so much more and we don't want it to be like that. But then we prep these things out. The late, this crazy lady comes in and insists on three CM Carrera as the cladding in her shower. 
And they're like, why don't you let us mill it down? And anyway, so we prep it out with lightweight materials and then they put three CM stone in there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that granite was any cheaper than a thin pan of porcelain would have been. Yeah. Especially when you consider the prep that we put into it. Yeah, um, the prep's going to be the direct cost for that. The prep's going to be the same. The thin panel's going to weigh a lot less. Um, I think. I think be more flexible. I think if they relook at it and have a serious look at it, there, you know, I think it would be a no-brainer. But what do I know? Well, I need like to put together. Said, I need to put together the presentation and go in and say, "Look what you did. You told us this is what you wanted. This is your goal. This is a tenet of your building. You know, kind of uh, ideology. Mm-hmm. And then you let them." do ridiculous things like this, at least give us a chance to do a couple of thin panel because I know people are asking, I get the phone rings for it all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a cow that needs milk. So that's cool. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, that's, that's exactly why tile nation is focused on the, on the thin panel training right now, the gauge panel training. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. My kids want to go to Yellowstone. So are you going to, you're going to drive. Uh, I'm probably going to fly out to you and we're, we're, we're on the fence. We're either going to fly to mud or drive to mud and go to Yellowstone right after, which might make more sense because That's of the location. Closer. That's a lot closer. A lot closer. Yeah. 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 So that might be what happens. That'd be cool. I know all the rest of the guys aren't going to want to fly or uh, drive all the way. They're like, yeah, we're going to a five day class. We're not turning it into a 10 day road trip. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That miserable. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mud will be fun. That'll be good to have you there. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So what other developments in your company since the last time we spoke? I mean, obviously you're, you're growing in labor. Are you still flying people in from, from time to time? Well, um, you know, after the last, during the last episode, I think we talked about the first time that Fidelity asked me to upscale on the fly to accomplish a very large scope of work. I think four or five bathrooms and, you know, a thousand square feet of flooring. One, one of which was like a 600 square foot, herringbone plank um we my crew in the state that it was in couldn't do it and they just told us that the resources are there get it done fly them in pay for the tickets pay for the pay for the house pay for going to costco and getting beer and red bulls for everybody and uh, a rental car whatever it takes we don't care we just have to do this this mm-hmm. is what we promise and and so it went off without a hitch. It was wonderful. Matt Taylor, Adam Kofer, James Richkus came. We, uh, uh, Ben, Brian Stevens came over. We had a great time. We set a lot of tile at a very high level. Um, but net, and it's really difficult now because those guys are just killing it at, at home. Why would you fly up here and work for me when you're killing it at home? So, I've, you know, I get that, that entirely, but it's difficult to duplicate that phenomenon. Right. So, right. <laughs> but Dayton Morton, has his own kind of thing going on out there in Ogden, Utah. He's working with Mark Christensen some, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been coming out here and staying and setting tile. And actually, when uh, when I got COVID, he was really critical in helping us get out from under the schedule hole because I just stopped everything, you know, for ten days. Like just, I was just in bed and didn't plan and didn't do anything. Dayton came and set tile without, you know, a lot of. I don't know. It was no trouble. It was great. He's great to have around. He's nice. a, he's a great guy. He's a good tile setter. Um, yeah. And so he's coming back for a while. We've got some stuff coming up at fidelity. Um, some Kerlite five millimeter flooring. Mm-hmm. So, well, there's so much, uh, it's the entire downstairs of a home. So we're, we've negotiated with them and got them to 
agreed that we get to put all the flooring in before the cabinets mm. so that we're not trying to fart around with four foot by four foot tiles and try and, you know, you know, you get between the kitchen cabinets yeah. and you've got a tile that can't be installed. Right. You know, so That's... yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Sounds like some working out the details. Uh, what advice would you give anybody if there's a contractor out there that's like, man, I, I would like to hire people off social media or at least put it out there. Like, how do you even go about that? I mean, the advice you can give someone just trying to think about, because I know a lot of people are hurting right now. And frankly, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of people wanting to move around and do this and that, but every once in a while, somebody wants to move, you know? Well, I'm down for them to want to come on vacation, okay. come to Oregon and smoke the legal weed and eat mushrooms and have a great time on your own time, but just come set some tile and make some money. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oregon is paradise on earth. It's a be- it's beautiful. You come out here in April, you think it, well, it, it'll be raining, but if you come out here in May, <laughs> okay. really nice. <laughs> well, eat, yeah, eat anyway. enough mushrooms and it's going to be raining all the time. It's- this is true. I'm not advocating that, by the way. I'm just saying that that is what uh, historically has been conveyed to me as one of the reasons that there is appeal for young guys to come out here and set tile and hang out for a couple of weeks and and go back. Um, Some of them that have come out here, that was like very obvious. You know, Trevor Simcoe came out here and couldn't care less about all that. He just wanted to go elk hunting. Mm. I mean, you know, people are just motivated. And whatever you're motivated by, Oregon's got it in spades, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's great, great, uh, state to be outdoors in, um, great state for all kinds of things. You know, the ocean's right there. Uh, vineyards. Oh man. I couldn't believe all the vineyards, vineyards you guys have next to you and, uh, just beautiful land. As far as the eye can see, uh, mountains, rivers and streams. It's just desert. Yeah. Desert. I mean, yeah, that's the West coast for you. If, if no one, if someone's listening and you haven't made it out to the West coast, you want to Take take Robert up on on his uh, his offer there. You know, make sure to reach out to him. Um, mostly, you hang well, out on Facebook or. So you asked what would be advice for yeah. people looking for that. So if if you're in a pinch on your calendar and you need help, what you need to devise is the same way that I attract subcontractors locally here. Um, I tell my guys, ask any of them you don't buy buckets. I mean, if you stop and buy a bucket, you charge me for it. Okay. Working for me shouldn't cost you any money, mm. right? Keep track of your own tools and all that, but you shouldn't ever have to run and spend your own money on a roll of mesh tape at Lowe's mm. because I did, I failed to provide it or something like that. So there's an accounting for all of that. And sometimes they do have to do that, but it doesn't in the long run cost them anything to mm. work for me. Mm. So the way that I've been able to appeal to people is to say, come on out here and I will put you up in a place. Um, I'll rent you a house, whatever. I mean, when all the guys were here, I rented a, an apartment and they, you know, all, all crashed in it. Um, when Dayton came out, he was staying. Well, he, he picked it. Not my fault. I was going to VR. I VRBO'd him the first time, this nice little quaint house with the kitchen and everything. And he was like, I'll take care of it on the way back next time, and we'll just square up after. And so that he ended up at the Super 8, right? Not far from Fidelity, but it's not in a nice place. Mm-hmm. It's like right by the freeway underpasses. And one thing that Oregon has in spades besides, you know, natural grandeur is crackheads under overpasses. So, mm-hmm. like, that that motel is just hopping all the time. And I don't think he got as much sleep as he wanted. Oh, man. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, let the, somewhere else when it comes out this time. Let yeah. Robert pick your accommodation. He knows the local. <laughs> he knows the local scene. VRBOs <laughs> are great, man. They're they're yeah. often you know. Um, I mean, there for a while they were all shut down during COVID, and the yeah. the homeowners you know would just rent you without VRBO being involved in it or whatever. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that around here, and th- and that's part of the, what drives the construction industry too. Is um, most of these communities have auxiliary dwelling. Uh, ADA or AD, ADU, auxiliary dwelling units. They have, you know, just because of it's happening so much and they don't want it to get out of control that they've just created code for it. Yeah. So a lot of these places that are, had previously humongous yards now have a big house and a little house and they rent the little house out. It's an ADU mm-hmm. or let, you know, we call it a mother-in-law cottage sure. or something like that. Sure. Yeah. So, Yeah. Lots of tile work for some of those things. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's a good little it's a good little niche itself. Um you know it's we did I, a bathroom in one big house and it was all everything and then in the little house, lower ceilings and the the designer had scaled everything down so it was a miniature version of the big bathroom in the big house. Yeah. Really neat. Anyways, sorry. I, I love like it, tile. man. That's so they really <laughs> like their they really like their house design, huh? They just made a miniature. Yeah. That's wild, man. So check it out. Uh, you gave some solid advice there for everybody, whether you're trying to attract, um, local talent, like you said, or just build a, a, a solid, very, you know, welcoming culture for your company. Uh, and you're going to attract the cream of the crop. The, the fact of the matter is any, anybody who is an employee, they have their pick right now. Who do you want to work for? I mean, what are you, 100%. how are you, how are you as an employer, as a contractor, how are you going to attract them if you're just paying the same rate everybody else is and you look and feel and act the same? You're not going to attract top talent. You know, you're not going to attract the, the, the employee who wants to be that kick-ass employee and really does want a long-term uh, career because those people exist. They're everywhere. It's the same reason you work for Elevate. It's the same work, uh, reason Craig works and subs for um, the Furniture Mart. It's easy. The, the paycheck is consistent. There's all the work in the world. There's room for expansion. Um, an employee feels the same and wants the same thing from a company, like consistent paycheck, treat me right, take care of me. If, if, you, if I work harder, you know, recognize it. And, and Well, and it's also, uh, it's also an indicator of how healthy your business is. If you're so busy that you need to get somebody here and you don't have a couple thousand bucks laying around to rent them a hotel room for a month, maybe you need to rethink the work that you're doing and the prices that you're charging for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got so much work. I can't do it all. Your work <laughs> should be profitable. Uh, if you're losing money on your work or just barely breaking, even throwing another person at that equation to, to lose money with you at that same rate is just probably, you know, could be a, a very frustrating thing for both people involved, you know? So I guess it goes both ways, you know, I'm very concerned about this as well, Robert. Uh, we've had banging years for the last decade, right? Like just knock beautiful years for any contractor. And everybody, you know, talks about their prices and, you know, has, you know, talks about. But the fact of the matter is I see some of these guys talking about like 500 bucks, like it's going to break them, like a CTI thing or flying out to mud. And they're like, the five, it's too much, you know, join the NTCA, 500 bucks. Oh, it's too much. It's too much money. Well, first of all, you would get the family living hand to mouth right there. And the problem is if that's the case for some of y'all listen to this, 
in 2022 and you've been in business five, 10 years, I mean, the young guy, I mean, if you're just getting started out, you're just getting started out. I'm not really talking to you, but if you've been in business 10 years and you're still living check to check, it, you really got to think about what you're doing in 2022 because, you know, recessions happen. You're going to have an excuse to raise your prices like lumber is up 400%. You tell you you tell a homeowner, I'm sorry that that standard shower is eight grand now. There's nothing I can do about it. I got to pay top talent yeah. to live here in paradise, where y'all make it expensive to live with your crazy laws, and and everything costs way more than it did before. That right. translates to more expensive milk. Your shower costs more. It's just it it said inflation was seven percent in 2021, six point nine five percent. Yeah, if you didn't raise your prices seven percent you are losing money right now. Yeah. And that's just to, that's just to stay at the same status you were at. If at the beginning of 2021, you're, you weren't doing really well and you were living hand to mouth, then you're, you're compounding that, that problem in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Need to get, need to get your books figured out. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is it takes a lot of money to build a legitimate, uh, sustainable company the right way that really has long-term vision and, and health uh, these prices that we're still seeing to these to this day for square footage or you know a shower like you said if it's 5 or 6 last year it should probably be 8 this year you know i mean it's everything's just ridiculously going up so it's it's true robert you you speak truth um before i i, I wanted to touch on something cuz we were talking about how the the brotherhood the community really works together and you mentioned you got covid it kind of reminded me of something that happened uh with one of your modular homes you couldn't, you couldn't actually finish it on site because of how, you know, sick you were and things of that nature and the crew probably, you know, being pressed. So they shipped it down to San Francisco where one of your, one of our brethren tiled it. Is that right? A couple, as a matter of fact. Um, And it's kind of, it's kind of, there's a little bit of backstory because the, they allowed a homeowner to do scope changes on a lot of things on another house that was going on at the same time. And it screwed everything up to where three big houses like um, probably 7,500 square feet of, of floor plan mm-hmm. was in finish at the same time. And it was ridiculous that we had like three weeks to do it. Mm-hmm. It was, ne- was never going to happen. Um, and so it was like we were in constant reactive mode of just doing the most critical thing on the house that's going out first, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Um, anyways, yeah, I, we had some puzzle factory showers, like uh, some – hex stuff with weird patterns that had to wrap corners. And, um, I had just gotten up off the couch and Dayton will tell you, I was working like two or three hours. I would drive to work and just be exhausted from driving there. And then I would work a couple hours and then I would just go home and sleep the rest of the day. My wife would wake me up when she came home with the kids and and made dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we had a whole bunch, we had, we had basically nothing grouted. Uh, and we had, backsplashes and showers and a shower that was half set. <laughs> so Mark Skavronsky, who's also an NTCA member came and, and grouted all the showers and Martin Brooks came through and was a, was uh, willing to help out and sent one of his guys over there and took care of this puzzle factory tub hop that had this multicolored stuff. And it was just a pain in the neck. It, um, it probably was taking me longer than it should have because I wasn't on top of my game, but mm knowing that I, I knew where they were going anyways, Yeah, you know, going to San Francisco. Um, actually, um, 
here's a little bit more backstory. So back when Fidelity, when Elevate was still Fidelity, we had tried to get them to use Martin mm-hmm. as a tile guy down there. Oh, I see. Uh, I've known Martin for a long time. Well, a long time to me, probably seven or eight years. But when, uh, <clears throat> when we made that suggestion, they said, great, we need a tile guy down there because a glass guy had run a screw through a line mm-hmm. and the plumber in fixing the line had demoed a bunch of tile and then hired his, you know, three tooth cousin to go over there and fix it. And it was terrible. It was, it was just, I don't need to go into it. It was an abortion. It's terrible. Wow. This was right when that had happened. So they called Martin and said, Hey man, Rob, our tile guy up here says you're a good tile guy and we need help on the tile front. <clears throat> and so he went over and looked at it. And like the plumber had sawzalled down through our pebble floor and rod cat pan right at the joint to the wall. Wow. And it was like, how are we going to even waterproof this now? And of course, Martin quite prudently said, no way, man, (laughs) this is somebody else's problem and it's not going to become our problem ever. So, yeah. So they don't, you know, Elevate doesn't know anything about tile, really. They know a thing or two about design and they've got competent carpenters, but they're just not equipped on the tile. end. so they just thought he was being a dick and said, well, we don't want to work with that guy anymore. So they sent me down there to do it. And Martin still came through because I flew in and Martin hooked me up and filled up this rental truck that I got at the airport and hooked me up with tools and, and showed me where the mom and pop was to go get the laticrete stuff that I need. Um, because all, all of our installs are all laticrete mm. and, uh, and save the day. So that has given some leverage now. And I hope that, uh, in return for Martin's generosity and discounting his normal price for getting my work done down there, because I was too sick to do it. I'm hoping that we're going to get a foot in the door and say, here's my bid for the work that, is going to happen here. And here's Martin's bid for the work that's going to happen on site. Yeah. They're going to look at that and they're going to say, well, we just paid for Robert's time, hotel, rental truck, flight, yeah, all of that. And my time at a premium, cause I'm flying down there and working during my normal work week and driving all over San Francisco. And I don't know my way around down there. And, uh, Sounds anyways, like- it had to have been more expensive than just having Martin freaking do it right in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that that's going to lead to a relationship between them where if that works out for Martin, where they can, you know, use Martin to know that we're going to get great stuff yeah. done to the home. You know, like uh, the, the big herringbone floor that I was telling you about 600 square feet, there's two mod breaks in it. So we're cutting that in and cutting in the underlayment, but then we're picking that up and labeling it and setting it down there for other guys on site to install those three courses of tile across the, each mod break. Um, it's a bummer because the people that that run this facility go down there for when they get assembled on site and they, you know, like we sent permat and trilight down with it. And he said that the guy there had Versabond and was sticking his sticking tile straight to the subfloor right, with it. Sure. Sure. Right next to our beautiful work. It's, it's really been a source of frustration. Wow. And I've been like, you got but you know, it's not, it's not their decision to make the people on site down there decide who their tile guy is. Yeah. So I'm hoping we can do an end run and muscle our way into it and get good tile work done. It's yeah. Just from shame. the start yeah. to the finish. That's, that's, yeah. that doesn't make sense. That's crazy. So anyways, shout out Martin Brooks, save my bacon a couple of times. Great guy. One of the best people in the world to have a meal with. If you get a chance, have dinner with Martin Brooks, you won't regret it. So, 
you know, Martin. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Martin's been on the the podcast multiple times. He was an early fan, um, an early encourage encourager. He was on, um, you know, probably the first two dozen, you know, one of the first two dozen, three dozen episodes um, that we ever did. And he gives his phone number out on this podcast. He's the president of the NTCA. He really does want young and whoever, old, young, doesn't matter. If you have a, a question about tile or the NTCA, it would be Martin Brooks um, to call. I mean, he has a company of, I think, eight or nine employees. Uh, he's, so he's a smaller, you know, niche, very custom contractor in the San Francisco, France, San Francisco area. Um, and uh, it, I, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, if, if you're out there and you're struggling with your business, I would call Martin if you're struggling with a product or, or just, you know, kind of curious about something, uh, want to learn more. Uh, he's won so many awards over the years, uh, his his work and his crew's work. Uh, he keeps, you know, his crew busy uh, all year long, and he's, he's uh, very successful at it. He kept them all employed through the recession, uh, most of his team. Has been cool. with him for quite a quite a long time, uh, d- decades in some cases. So uh, he's a great guy, a great asset for the tile contractor community. I'll be interviewing him at Tice. Uh, I'll see you in Tice, right, Robert? In a few days. Yeah, I'll be there. Nice. Yeah, Lindsay and I are both coming. We're gonna fly up the first, so we'll be at the House of Blues, and then we're going home on Thursday. Yeah. A couple of days in Vegas is all I can stand, man. I hate going home smelling like that crap they spray in the cigarette. It doesn't even, it's not just cigarettes, like cigarettes and ozone or something. I don't know. Oh. In the, the casino, I just. Oh, yeah, it ain't natural. It's something. It's, <laughs> it's something weird, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned, you mentioned you just use, do you just use Latacrete? Uh, whenever possible, you know, of course, at the moment we're using foam board from a, another source just because we have to keep building showers and I can't build showers. I mean, I yeah. build showers of sand and cement and lime, but the guys will be like, well, you want us to mud every shower? Are you out of your mind? You know, we've, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. had it pretty easy for a long time, you know? And you, um, you take advantage of their, um, I mean, of the partnership. Does that assist your business? And in, in- yeah, Laticrete's a wonderful business partner of ours. They're, they're a great support. They, uh, you know, Paul Luttrell, our local rep, also a wonderful person. Um, very generous of his time and, uh, and always willing to take a phone call and, will send me to the right person if I have an issue. You know, we've come up with some goofy things, you know. Um, oh, hey, we want to heat one big room, but it needs to have a mod break in it. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Only want one thermostat. So, hmm. you know, so he got me in touch with Rick Carino, and we're drawing things and shooting them back and forth and, and figuring out how to specify this and maintain warranty. So, you know, Laticrete actually sent Samantha Rothberg out, and and they toured the facility, and we talked about warranty and how to how to – keep everything, you know, with, you know, top shelf for the, for the clients. Um, and so we want to do that as as much as is practicable. Um, when you're up against it, you're up against it, you know, um, this is really the value of having that partnership, that relationship with your rep, with the company, them knowing you, uh, they will go the extra mile to help you solve your problems. We we're we're business owners. Okay. We solve problems is what we do. You know, we, we build things for people who want it for one reason or another. Somebody has a really weird request. Um, that type of person usually, you know, has money to pay for it. And, you know, they'll appreciate you solving their problem. 
and and yeah. that's that's the power of of that relationship you know that's that's just one of the things um it's interesting because everybody you know uh does things a little bit different and uh most you know i mean obviously right now you you have to work with what you can get but uh it's it's interesting to see why different contractors choose you know different materials or you know different strategies of you know those you know getting those materials why you know the reasons why right those are all these interesting questions so thank you for expanding on that one of the other things i i really wanted to talk to you about today was the importance of business credit because a lot of people don't realize businesses have credit just like you have um, a credit score and you learn this out kind of the hard way uh, unfortunately, I shouldn't laugh, but um, it's just one of those things. No, that's funny. It's all right. It's it's okay. So what happened? Talk talk us well, through the accident and what happened. Leading up to Christmas of 2021, um, well, it was right around Thanksgiving anyways, um, I thought that I was in a very good place. I mean, and financially, we're fine. You know, we have money um, in the bank and investments and all that kind of stuff. But I thought that my, the business side of my I had hired an accountant that was supposed to be creating P and L's and, uh, and, uh, balance sheets and all that. And they keep everything organized throughout the year. And at the end of the year, she sends it to the tax accountant. And now the tax accountant charges me like a third of what she did the year before when I brought her a five gallon bucket full of receipts. Right. Cause she doesn't have to mess around with all that crap. It's all reconciled. Sure. So this lady had not been doing it. So I hit a deer going 65 in my install van and all of a sudden, like a lot of facets of my life came to a screeching halt. I need a van to work right. or a truck or something like that. Geico quickly got me into a rental truck. They were, they were very helpful with that. But, um, I ended up needing to go van shopping, you know, with some degree of urgency. And I don't know if you know, but right now ain't a great time to be looking for a work van. Right. We can talk a little bit about that actually too, because there's a, there's a little bit of work around to that that I learned about. But so I went to, um, you know, I just signed things for the account all the time. Um, and I've been paying the lady for a couple of years. So I go van shopping. They're like, yeah, who do you want to finance through? I said, Oh my, uh, you know, I guess my credit union or bank of America, the two places that I keep, you know, that I have banking relationships with both of those wanted a balance sheet. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a P&L yeah. or 2020's taxes and you didn't have any right? of it I didn't have any of it no and wow. I was I had you know 15 15 maybe stretch it I had like 20 grand you know that I could free up and put it down on a van but this van that I'm sitting in right now MSRP is 36k I paid 45 for it and there was a line of guys around the block that were willing to pay the 45 for it so I'm um, you know, I'm just burnt. There's nothing I could do. I had to get a co-signer because oh. um, even though my credit score is 780 and I run half a million dollars through Bank of America last year running my business, they were like, well, your business has never financed anything. Right. They're like, well, how, how did you finance the van that, that you wrecked? And I said, well, I, I took out a personal loan for, it was only, you know, I had money down. I only financed like $5,000 and it was just a personal loan through the credit union. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, your business doesn't have any credit. I'm like, call Daltile. They'll let me walk out of there with a pallet of any damn thing I want. Yeah. (laughs) My business has credit. And they're like, I'm sorry, your business basically doesn't exist on paper as far as GMAC is concerned. Wow. Yeah. And I, 
thought that because I probably didn't care to look over the balance sheet in the PNL um, or didn't have time, which I was hoping that I thought that hiring an accountant was like, here's someone who's going to look at these documents they generate and say, Hey bro, you're losing money on all your showers. Nothing like that. She wasn't even doing, she was doing nothing actually. But so yeah, I lit a fire under her and she got it done in like two and a half weeks, but it was by then it was too late. Yeah. We had, we had to to go back to work. So I'm very fortunate that uh, someone co-signed and then apparently I'll have, business credit after that it has nothing to do with your personal credit i thought so that does, was funny so but, now yeah. does your business have a have a credit card or how are you how did the bank or whatever tell you i have, a, I have credit cards in my business's name they say it says davis solutions on my credit cards right. i mean i just don't understand how the business doesn't have any credit and i was like okay the business doesn't have any credit my my credit score is 780 i've got fifty thousand dollars in your bank right now between my retirement and, and yeah. stuff that's not in stocks. Yeah. Loan me 40 grand to go buy a van. I'll put 20 down. You only have to loan me 25. And they're like, no, you don't have any, any credit. No, it, because it's going to be put into service to the business. Right. I said, well, I just have a hankering as a, as a dad for a two seater, you know? Yeah. So loan me that and I'll buy it as a person and I'll turn around and sell it to my business. And they're like, we can't let you do that. It, it, it was I was amazed. I thought that being a good, a reasonably successful business owner, that my problems with things like that were over. And I mean, in the grand scheme of what my business turns over every year, $45,000 for a van is kind of a pittance, you know, <laughs> but it, it's a major roadblock when you don't have it. And I just didn't want to pull everything out of everything that we have set aside from the last 10 years of working and spend it all on a van. Yeah. So, so if you're listening to this, moral of the story, <laughs> work on your business credit. There's a lot. Just Google it. There's a lot of information out there. Um, I'm surprised the business credit cards didn't help, but I guess that shows what I know. I, I know I, I've. it's been a long time since I looked into this subject, and I, I, I guess I need a refresher. Um, maybe I'll put a link if I find something good to read for you. Yeah, there's probably a less traumatic way to build that business credit and get it, you know. <laughs> I thought that having a gas card, paying the gas card every month was like the best way to get credit. Well, that turns out that raises your personal credit just fine, but it doesn't do anything for your sure, business. Sure. So live and learn. You know, and the other thing about the accountant, um, I learned this and I, I, I still am, am impressed with Adam Kofer. Uh, yeah. Every week, every Saturday, he meets with his accountant or maybe every other, but on a regular basis, a couple times a month. And he oh. goes over the books with her so that, because even if, because you're right. Like most people, most of us hire an accountant. We figure they know their business. They're going to call us if they see a problem. Well, the fact of the matter is they're not going to call you if they see a problem. They're just going to assume that you're in charge. of. I mean, you're at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to make a profit. So what Adam does is he's like, make me understand, you know, show me. And he's been doing it long enough. He's probably almost an accountant himself, but he's like, Show me how you're reading these books. Show me what these numbers are. Show me, like, we got to break it down. So he, like, they literally work together hand in hand for an hour a week or, or every other week, I forget, and do that's this. That's really cool. Yeah, and I don't know if that's still his routine, but when I was um, in San Luis Obispo living close to him in Paso Robles there, uh, that was his routine. Well, I thought, I don't I, I realize now that it's naive, but, you know, I have friends, you know, Hot Tub Tommy, Hot Belt, he 
his accountant told him, you know, Hey man, you're, you're going to write this huge tax check, go buy a car or something for your business and get it wrapped as a little quote car. And then you got a smart car that you could depreciate and all that. And at the time I didn't have an accountant. I was trying to figure out how to get that. And, and, uh, I was like, Oh great. I'll hire an accountant. I need to know information like that. I thought, yeah, yeah, they're not all you know, equal. Yeah. They're not all the same. Yeah, imagine that. They're different people all over the world. They're not all little accountant robots. But, yeah. I shop around when it's um whenever I would set up a business, I would shop around three, four, five accountants, um CPAs, you know, bookkeepers. Um that's who uh Adam sits with is his bookkeeper, not accountant, by the way. But um Still, it's a, it's a similar thing. You know, you gotta, I don't even know the difference. Well, you would, I mean, the bookkeeper <laughs> keeps the books, right? And then the CPA files your taxes typically oh, right. at the end of the year. So, um, but the bookkeeper is going to help you understand your day-to-day numbers. And that's why the value there is so important. It is important to find a, a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in talks with one and I'm, I'm vetting them and talking with them about kind of bringing them into the tile money group to help people. But um, I, I, I take my time with anything like that because, you know, if I'm going to vouch for somebody, I got to check them out. <laughs> right. They could poison your credibility pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As we hear, as we hear here. So, so that's that. What an experience, man. What an experience. I mean, talk about being under the pressure right around Christmas. I mean, it kind of puts a sour, sour um, taste on the whole, you know, Christmas spirit and everything. But I'm glad you're in a van now. You got the van you like. What was the tip on finding vehicles? Because I bet a lot of people are like, I, I need a vehicle. So in Oregon, you can you can look at a website and see that there are, you know, dozens of 2021 Chevy Express vans or, or you know, 2,500 Ram trucks or whatever. When GMAC or Dodge or Ford finishes a, a vehicle off the assembly line, it shows in stock for the dealership that it's going to, but those dealerships have relationships with people locally and they're already sold before they even come off the line. So it shows as available. You call them, they'll say, no, we can't sell you that van. I, I got probably 30 returned phone calls of just dealerships saying, Hey, thanks man. Sorry. We can't sell you that van. We got somebody else locally here that's waiting. So, but those are dealerships like the one local premising here in, in Lebanon where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, those are like silver tier. So I found out that dealerships are tiered silver, gold, platinum, diamond, whatever, and diamond being the highest. So in, on the West coast, North of like Sacramento, there's only one diamond tier dealership and they get three new vans a week. And so they're, they've got their local need met and they're, they'll sell them to people that are, that are looking from, out of state. So I rented a, a, a five Oh Mustang cause why not? And drove it to Seattle federal way, Washington jet Chevrolet is the only diamond tier dealership in the Northwest. And I called the guy, he called back and said, Hey man, I don't have a van. I can sell you right now, but I'll have one within a couple of weeks. I'm sure one will show up. And I thought that he was just being fanciful because he's a car salesman sure. and t- literally a dozen people had told me, Hey, you never know a van might show up here. We don't always know when they're coming from Chevy. Right. Right? So I just didn't even think about that. And then two weeks later he called and was like, I got your van sitting right here. And I was like, what really? And that was when I had to, yeah, get, find somebody to go sign so that I could buy a van for my business. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, they, they did, they had, they were like, do you want one with the racks in it or not? And the, uh, you can see the, 
this is uh, the racks from my old van, mm. the, the place where the tow truck company hauled my totaled van after I hit the deer. I paid him, it cost me 300 bucks, three hours of shop time to pull the racks out of the old van and put them in this van. So sure. I've got a, That's not bad. a van with 3,000 miles on it and some tool racks that have like 300 and 3,000 miles on them. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But it's not like they wear out, you know. Right. So, yeah, they're good to go. No, reuse. Actually save some money not buying one with the upfit in it because it's like four grand to get yeah. the Adrian Steel upfit with the contractor racks and, and the partition. Yeah, so, yeah. The partition, when I hit the deer, actually saved the back of my head because uh, I had eight-foot screeds and my box screeds and L screeds are yeah. all on top of the rack back there. Yeah. And several things came forward and slammed the back of the partition one. I don't ever stand on the brakes in this thing at 65 miles an hour. I mean, it's a good way to wreck a van, even if there isn't a deer there. Right, so, right. Yeah, normally they don't slide around, but anyways. That's wild, man. That's wild. So find a diamond to your dealership. Is but, what. And I'm sure that you can just do a little bit of Googling or just ask your local Chevy dealership that can't sell you a van, hey, who's the diamond dealership in, in this region? Yeah. And if you're, you know, the guy said, you need another van, just let me know. I'll come up with one in a couple of weeks and you do the same thing. Just drive up here in a rental and drop it off at enterprise up there. And so oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Good tip, man. Cause it's hot. The mar- the, the vehicle hot. market is hot right now. Um, lots- we sold my wife's little 94 Toyota truck, like a two wheel drive extended cab, 94 truck with 275,000 miles on it for like five, six grand. Like, that's yeah, crazy. we got a bunch of yeah, it's crazy. The the used car market is really or the I've got, vehicle market in general is booming. So I've got a twenty eighteen um Cummins thirty five hundred. Oh, you saw it. It was at your house. Yeah. Um yeah. we bought it to pull our fifth wheel. That's re- really the reason why we've got our fifth wheel up for sale, and as soon as that sells, I'm gonna sell the sell the RAM. Um because you can't it's sell not, the truck before the fifth wheel's gone or I can't sell the truck before the fifth wheel's gone. I'm starting to think it should be a, a package because I think I, I think people would pay thirty grand extra just to get the truck. <laughs> that's not a bad deal. I think that's what I'm going to do is just package them together because I'll probably attract more people just from the truck itself. Um, you know, it's got it's got sixty thousand miles. It's got fifty nine thousand miles on it. Twenty eighteen. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a that's nice a lot truck. of miles. It's a lot for twenty eighteen. Oh, no, that's not. That's like a that's, six. Well. That's 15,000 miles a year. That's a lot less than I put on my van. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a lot of miles is the thing. It's it's pretty low, um, especially for a Cummins, you know. It's 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 just nothing. It's it's just starting to get broken in, I think. <laughs> 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 well, listen, Rob, uh, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge with uh, the, the tile community on Tile Money. appreciate your support. It's nice talking to you. I have one more thing to add. So... Last time Dayton Morton was here, he showed me, I walked into the shower he's building and I hear this woman talking really animatedly and fast. And I'm like, whoa, this person is like on one. And then I hear Joe Rogan's voice, right? And then Joe Rogan talking hella fast and all animated. And I'm like, what is going on? He tells me, oh, I listen to all, everything on Spotify. I, I listen to my podcast at 1.5 speed so I can get through the long JRE podcast and all these different teachings, whatever he's listening to. Yeah in 60% of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I have my Spotify set up that way now because I listen to a lot of Bible teachings and different kind of stuff, you know, but all the talk stuff is in Spotify. And so it, the other day I went back to listen to 
tile money episodes and I, I heard your theme song to ding, 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 ding. <laughs> just at one and a half speed and then listen to the interview at one and a half speed. Yeah. People sound different at one and a half speed. That's true. Anyways, you might consider speeding up your intro music, but you think I should, you'll have, you'll have to talk 60% faster. No, no, I don't <laughs> think you should. No, no, it, it, I used to do that all the time. I used to listen to so many podcasts all day long, and I would I would do the same thing one and a half, two, sometimes two two x if it was a slow if they were speaking real slow. You get it's funny what the human the mind and the ear get used to. You can definitely. I, I listened to this pastor out of uh, Calvary Chapel in Santa Barbara, and he uh, at one and a half times speed he sounds like Jimmy Carter. It's it's the uncanniest thing. It's yeah. weird, Jimmy yeah. Carter preaching you the Bible. That's <laughs> oh, that's the one I said to you. Yeah, actually, that that guy, one and a half times speed. That guy sounds like Jimmy Carter. All yeah. right, I'll check it out on the plane <laughs> on the plane ride to uh, to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll see you there. Sounds good, brother. All right, thanks so much again, Tile friends. If you want to stay in touch with all things Tile Money, subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that at tilemoney.com or click on the link in the show notes. Uh, Robert, again, thanks again for your time. My pleasure. Have I'll see good, you in Vegas. Have a good evening. Have a good weekend. Tile friends, stay positive out there. Keep your head up. And by all means, please stay profitable, Tile friends. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.